Hello, humans! It's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show number 136. What number of Batman are we at right now? Are we, like, tied? No, we're at 133. We're I close. I think it's like we're 130, close. Yeah, 133 or 134. I mean, at this point, we've far surpassed the Batman. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Not A Robot Never Dies. This is the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me, as always, as you heard him, is Brandon. Hello, hello, everybody. And Josh. Important question. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Don't answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Could be here all night. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you do ever want to get in touch with us and tell us what you would do for a Klondike bar, or better yet, a Choco, send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com, and you can talk to us on Twitter at notarobotcomics, view us at Instagram at narcomicbooks, and you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcasts, where you can get access to our Discord server, and you can chat with us and other fans about all things geek. We talked about so much stuff this week, I can't even think of a single one. Way lots. Oh, yeah. Everything from... It was from... a serious debate. <laughs> We've talked about everything from Star Wars to why no cap is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as for the books this week, we are looking at Punchline the Gotham Game number 5, Stargirl the Lost Children number 4, Batman vs. Robin number 5, Action Comics number 1052, Harley Quinn number 27, and Detective Comics number 1069, as well as some honorable mentions. But before we get into that, as always, let's get into the news of the week. What's going on, guys? Nothing too major. I was uh, just telling Josh I finished reading Adventures of Superman John Kent number one shortly before we hopped on air. And he said, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Such a braggart. Yeah. He's got got the hookup. Yeah. Mm. And I I was saying confidentially, I won't won't spoil anything because I want you guys to, to read it. You know, entirely blind. But I, all I will say is, I really like the concept so far. I don't know if it's an excellent first issue, but I think it could be pretty fun just seeing how they execute it. As fun as a story like this can be. Fair enough. That that's still being billed as a six issue mini, right? If I remember. Yeah, correctly. six or five. I don't remember exactly. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, I'm jealous. I didn't even realize it was coming out next week. I haven't looked at next week's books yet. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the I guess the final big uh, relaunch or launch of the new line of Superman books. So we yeah. have action, we have the main Superman title and uh, Adventures of Superman, which I mean, yeah, we got considering Superboy, I was Man gonna, of Tomorrow stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. Superman, Man of Tomorrow. I keep forgetting about that one. I think just because it was a, a round robin title, I still think of it as being part of that and not part of the Dawn of the DCU stuff. But I guess it is yeah. technically. I mean, Blue Beetle, I think, got upgraded to in continuity, and yeah. that was Round Robin. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, I guess it just uh, depends, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, I am sufficiently jealous. <laughs> I feel like you don't have yeah. any reason to be jealous, <laughs> and I, I think you should tell our, our listeners why. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Because my count for Kyle Rayner, is, for at least McFarlane mm-hmm. Kyle Rayner, because I have another yeah. one from the 90s, is up to two with my third one, the Blue Lantern. I was supposed to be here today, and I'm kind of bummed it's not, because they both shipped at the same time. About a month ago, I was listening to a shout-out to the Lantern cast for putting me on this trail. I went to eBay because they said, don't skip on eBay. Sometimes you might find a deal. And I was one of those people that thought, eBay? That's like hundreds of dollars. I ain't got money to spend on that. I found a gold label 90s costume Kyle Rayner for basically cost. And that just arrived today. And I am super happy. It is beautiful. And my Blue Lantern Kyle Rayner is coming. It should be here this week. I have four Kyle Rayner figures. I have like five Hal Jordans, two John Stewart's, not a single Guy Gardner. I need to fix that. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. We've been looking at those though. They're they're out yeah. there. Yeah. Damn. They're expensive though. <laughs> they are expensive. Well, yeah. Which uh I mean I don't know how many Guy Gardner figures there are necessarily, but like which one would you three. want? I I assuming probably a more modern one. I think the last one that was issued was the Green Lantern, like, home base line, like the DC Green Lantern line mm, okay. from, like, 2010. Yeah. Um, mm. I think it was around that bowl time. Cut. I don't remember the exact year. No, no yeah. it was, like, his... No, it wasn't even a bowl cut. It was, like, his, his Green Lantern core look mm-hmm. during that, that era. And it had the shiny costume and everything. It looked really cool. There was a lot of cool figures. There was St. Walker. There was... All sorts of, of lanterns from all over the place. Yeah. One day. I even have, like, I, I'm day. missing an indigo and a star sapphire, and I have one member of every core. Hmm. As that well. That would be cool. I can make my own Do they even variants. have an indigo figure? Yeah. That's from the same line, really? from the same oh. Green Lantern line. Yeah, there's oh, yeah, uh, Indigo that. 1, and there's Merc. And I think there's a Ray Palmer as well as an Indigo Lantern. There is, I know that I was about to say I know there's a Ray Palmer because that was actually a figure that I was extremely, extremely hungry for. Um, but yeah. I could just it was like impossible to find. It was one of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like one of those Blackest Night line um, action figures that just mm-hmm. eluded me. But I could probably track it down somewhere. But I just love that design for Ray Palmer because yeah. it's 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 the really fusion cool. of like a lantern design plus his sword of the atom design, which I love. Yeah, it was an interesting way to go about it. But at, when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense why they chose that design. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, that's my big news. I'm ecstatic about nice. that. Josh, you got anything exciting going on? Not a whole lot. I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. That's good. Be um, the heart yes. cath procedure went went uh, went great. I have un, un, uh, unusually small aorta, but um, apparently it's it's just the way I was built, not uh, not filled up with plaque or anything. So no stents, no nothing for that. Got a pulmonary function test. I wasn't too happy about, but other than that, mm-hmm. everything is. Everything is uh, honky dory, as they say. It's good to hear. As you long as it's not worse, right? Well, it's worse. My lung age yeah. used to be one thirteen. Last time I updated you guys, now it's one fifty, one fifty six. So well, shit. Yeah, but hey, it's a perfectly healthy one fifty six. I mean, at least you have that. 
<laughs> As Monty Python once said, always look on the bright side of life. That's what yeah. I try to do, man. Yeah. You guys got any comic book news? I got a little bit. And and this well, this I was actually sp- to remember what we talked about last week. Yeah. This Oh, like a, during the podcast last week? Yeah. No. Yeah, I I don't remember either. I've already deleted my notes too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Mm, they had the <laughs> whole news about the um the night terrors event, but I don't know if we talked about that. So I just I kinda had that in my back pocket. And then I have something else not related to mm, that at all. I don't yeah, I think I think we revealed. did. Yeah. I, f- I feel like we did and I was I wasn't sure yeah. but but I think we okay. ended up talking about it like halfway through the show. I could be wrong. Maybe, yeah. I don't like know. one of us stumbled anyway, upon sorry, it. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um yeah, the one thing I got and this sparked quite a debate for us. Uh JSA and Fables, if you've noticed they've not been in the shops recently, that is because they are officially delayed until April. Uh mm-hmm. so look forward to those next month. Fables 158, I believe, and JSA number 3, I think is what we're at right now. Yes. As well as Waller versus Wildstorm, apparently. I completely forgot about it. I, I know. I think you yeah. guys did, too. Which, that one, I I think, has also I been delayed because they changed the artist. Because I was at oh, okay. um, New York Comic Con when that got announced. And the original artist attached to that was Eric Battle. But mm-hmm. new promotional like material has it with Jesus Marino. So I think they literally mm. just like, I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but I think they literally just have a new artist attached to the project, which, you know, it happens. No, it'll happen. I'll take some Moreno, though. Yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah. I, I actually prefer yeah. Jesus Moreno to Eric Battle, so this is kind of a win for me. I, I don't know if I know Eric Battle's art. He did, like, I mean, maybe it's changed, but I. I'd seen some of his stuff. We did Green Arrow in the 2000s, and I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's like, kind of rough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't uh, too excited about that. Oh, well, then it's there's, good uh, yeah, good news. Apparently that was supposed to come out in November, but now it's slated. Yeah. I don't remember what month it's supposed to. It's, it's going to now. I think it's coming out this month, if not April again. Yeah, maybe. Not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, there's uh, there's some stuff to look forward to, if you're excited for mm-hmm. Waller versus Wildstorm. But yeah, I imagine somebody is somewhere. Well, hey, it's a Wildstorm sure. book, so I'm I'm in. It. Yeah, it's a Wildstorm book, but it's also an Amanda Waller book, and and I, I don't know, I'm kind of like tired of Amanda Waller to be honest with you. Oh, Amanda <laughs> Waller is never going anywhere, dude. Yeah. I'd be surprised yeah. if anything ever happened to her. Hey, she the, was great as thing... that character that just show up and mess with shit and swear at people and say, yeah, no, fuck you. The government says we're doing it. But yeah. to yeah. be the, the lead character on a series of books and movies all in the same like half decade is is a lot. There's only so much. Well, she always kind of reminded of an me of, and, and yeah, she always kind of reminded me of, um, and I don't know how much you guys know about Marvel, but do you know who Peter Girich is? Oh yeah, no. No, you talking Peter about Ge- yeah? She Guy- Gyrick? Peter Henry or Gyrick? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Peter Gyrick or however you say it. But she always kind of reminded me of I, that. Like Peter Gyrick is like, yeah, he's like the bureaucracy guy. I mean, he's dead now, but like whenever he would yeah. show up in Avengers or any other book, he's like the guy that represents the government. 
and is yeah. like, okay, you need to do this or this or whatever. And I, I feel like Amanda's kind of like that role too, where she just shows up and represents the USA and whatever they kind of need to say about a certain situation. So it shouldn't, like, you wouldn't have a book about Henry Gehrig. Like, that would just, I mean, maybe it would be interesting. I don't know, but like, I don't know how much people would really give a shit. Um, I feel like That'd characters like that just sort of occupy a supporting role. They're not really starring very much. Like, most of my exposure for that character is the 90s X-Men cartoon. And knowing how he was there, I would not care about a book or for a book about him. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe if he was, like, kind of leading a team behind the scenes, but I don't know that that would necessarily want him to be the starring character or anything. Yeah, some kind of suicide squad. No, wait, no, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a thunderbolts, except without the you know Thunder. trickery Thunder. and the bolts. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, scroll kill crew. No, that's not. No, that's not it. Yeah. There's a new team out there somewhere for guy. At least, oh, okay, maybe not. He's dead, like you said. Yeah. It's too that's late true. for him. Yeah. I didn't late. realize I mean, he they was can dead. bring him back, but yeah, he like literally just showed up at the end of sword i think it was and got killed <laughs> it's kind of wow. crazy <laughs> honestly dude had it coming reason? he's like one of the worst yeah, oh yeah he's a total people. dick yeah. yeah like how many times did he wasn't he the one that um spearheaded the uh sentinel initiative with the government oh my god yeah yeah and yeah. um well i think yeah him was and striker and then yeah i was gonna say there was I that it whole... was striker that did that well, striker yeah, I think, army well, I think side, but Gyrick in with the like, yeah. the government side, with the bureaucratic yeah. stuff. Um, he must have annoyed had, me like, so there much. Was, like, I don't whole... remember him at all. Yeah, <laughs> at least that's how it was like the nineties cartoon. <laughs> yeah, there's like that whole plot in Avengers where he had he's trying to get Falcon to join the Avengers because they needed more diversity, and he's like, "Oh my God, you are you are a terrible Wait, person." Gyrick? Yeah, Gyrick. What the hell was he doing with the Avengers? I know, like, politician and whatnot, but his whole bag was the X-Men and mutants and how they're evil. Yeah, well, he, I think he, he was originally kind of like in, he was originally, in the comics, he was originally like an Avengers sort of, um, he was like the government liaison to the Avengers or something like that. Oh. Um, and like had just sort of always been that. that role where he's like, he's like the go-between, basically. That's, that's sort of what I mean, where he's like, he occupies that government role where he basically... Is just man who represents U.S. and interacts with superheroes occasionally. Um, oh, but he's not—he's not like a senator or president or anything. Uh, I thought he was wholly like a, a Claremont thing. Yeah. During oh, his, yeah. his X-Men run. Yeah. Huh. Well, well the only piece of news I got is as of yesterday, the CBWU, the Comic Book Workers Union or United is officially a union. They ratified yesterday. So nice, mm-hmm. nice. Inside That's of Image, thing. that is the uh, the very first comic book union that I'm aware of, and uh, yeah, be interesting to see how that affects the industry. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for the better because I mean, you know, there's a lot of times where creative teams aren't getting paid and shit man that's just not cool I, I'm vaguely reminded of a 
comic company. It was either a comic company or a game company just last year that slated a whole bunch of stuff and then didn't pay anyone and then they just went under. Oh, oh, oh. Um, was it Aftershock? I think they even... Was it? I don't remember the name. I just remember seeing the story, how they, they, they commissioned a lot of work and then released it like eight months late and didn't pay anyone. And then they folded, and whatever money they made, no. they still didn't give it to the graders. No, I don't think or it's. I like don't that. think it was aftershock, but it was one of those asshole companies. Yeah. But that's all I got for for comic book news today. Hey, save the best for last. Unless there's anything else, I got nothing. Do I? Oh, I do. No. Actually, well, I, I just have. One thing for anyone yeah. who has been reading this universe, but um, the it. Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, Bone Orchard Mythos universe, they've been doing right. a bunch of horror-related titles and stuff like that, and they just announced their next installment, officially announced, they, they've kind of like put out teasers and stuff, um, but official, officially announced their next installment in the series, a book called Tenement, which is going to be a 10-issue series starting in June, I believe. Um, so that should be fun. All the books have been pretty great so far, so I'm looking forward to this next one. Right on. I mean, it's Jeff Lemire, so it's almost almost guaranteed that it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I had is Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, that long-awaited video game that was announced yes. uh, around the same time as Gotham Knights. Yes, yes. Some new new info has come out about it, and it's and? not good. Oh, fuck. It, it is heavily uh, games as a service model. There's plenty of microtransactions. There is uh, some weird... And I'm honestly, I haven't had a chance to go into all of the info personally. This is a lot of it secondhand from friends of mine that were talking about it in another chat. Um a constant internet connection there's no offline play whatsoever it is strictly multiplayer so you have to play online with somebody else if I understood that correctly that's fucked up it's stupid if your internet goes down that, that you can't play that's, yeah, I mean, that's very dumb transactions annoy the shit out of me but I can deal with them as long as the stuff is purely cosmetic and it's not pay to win yeah, which I, it probably then, is. Know, that seems to be the model these days. What, purely cosmetic or pay to win? Cosmetic. I don't see this okay. being like a, a game where it's pay to... I think pay to win is really only in the mobile world. Well, yeah, for now. Yeah. I mean, cosmetic crates were only in the mobile world for a while, too. Yeah. <clears throat> And that's that's disappointing. Um, as far as the constant inter internet connection, I mean, they throw that shit in there to, you know, combat piracy. But the fact that you can't get on there and play by yourself, that is fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, it, that's, it that's almost good. sounds very similar to Square Enix's Avengers, but at least that, if your internet went down, you'd desync and then you'd still be playing. It wouldn't just like kick you out of the game completely, which no, I think is very stupid. When you when when it connected back up, yeah, 
it would be very jarring because all of a sudden there's just people but <laughs> at least it would do that yeah, so this is not looking great. I had high hopes for this game, especially since, you know, Rocksteady and the the Arkham Trilogy. Such amazing fucking games, but here we are. It's unfortunate. I miss the days of just having a great single-player adventure that wasn't glitchy as shit. I'm bummed out, man. Dead yeah. Space, the remake, is basically, it's a better-looking version of the original one. Callista Protocol fucked right up. It's just... It, it's basically a game of bugs. Um, <laughs> uh, Gotham Knights, I mean, I'll, I still play it, but, um, you know, it's it's like more like a time killer and th- th- than a great game at all. And I was, yeah. I was really, really, really looking forward to Suicide Squad versus the Justice League. And, Me too. Oh, man. At you least we have there's, that there's, uh, there's Wonder Woman no game to look forward to. no more pre-ordering in my house. We're just going to have to wait until this shit releases. That's the way to do it. That's honestly how you convince developers what people want and don't want. You, the only way to do it is convince with your wallet. And I get it. Like Developers will spend two, three years, sometimes more, developing a game. And they'll send it out. And then nobody's pre-ordered it. That's going to feel pretty shitty. But if you're making a shitty game, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, or even if, like, I'm sure that this game is going to be good, but the model is bullshit. I'm not convinced it's, it's just... even going to be good, but but that's just me. I have an issue with, like, AAA titles, and like, a big focus on amazing graphics. I, I get the technology has improved over the past few years to decade, but when I was coming up and like high end graphics were all the rage, those games were also buggy as shit and I couldn't stand it. I, I would sacrifice realistic gameplay all the time for just something fun. That's all I care about. I want a fun game. I don't need it to look like a fucking movie. Well, fair enough. I don't have the hardware to make it look like a movie, but I did just start playing Hogwarts legacy. I'm about three hours in and, uh, as disappointed as I am that I can't run this shit on high, let alone ultra, I'm stuck on... Oh, my dog's trying to be a, go, a co-host. Um, <laughs> Hi, dog. I'm, I'm stuck on medium with no ray tracing or anything, but uh, it's it's a fun game to play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- at, at the end of the day, I mean... When it's when it's that fun to play, then then I can look past the fact that it's not graphics. But I am a graphics nerd. I want that shit to look good. Yeah. As long as it's not buggy. That's fair. I was I was one of the very lucky few that had I had one car stuck in the pavement one time with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and no other issues. At oh all. wow. Yeah, yeah. Considering like, the amount of reports came out of that, going, yeah, I'm sitting here at my computer going, "What the fuck is everybody bitching about?" <laughs> yeah, this game is great. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Wow. But uh, I guess that's it for the news. You guys want to move yeah. on to the honorable mentions? I'll blow through these real quick. Um, we'll start off with one where you all already know where I am at with it, but I do believe this is the wrap-up. The human target number 12. 
Um, if it's not the ending, then I can't imagine what's coming next. Brandon, this is the end of it, isn't it? It is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't get a chance to read the Riddler Year One, number three, but uh, I hear good things, um, strangely enough. Uh, Sergeant Rock number six, this was a wonderful series. Uh, we got Gilded City mm -hmm. number five came out. I did not read that. I I haven't read any since issue number one. Blue Beetle Graduation Day number four. I wish we were getting Blue Beetle in an ongoing. It doesn't even have to be a solo book, but I, I, I am really enjoying this one. We got Dead Boy Detectives number three, and that continues to be a fantastic, as does Batman the Audio Adventures. Number five came out this week. Shazam, uh, Sh Shazamily Matters, number one. It's 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 a fun book for a movie tie-in. You know, I'm not big on anthologies and whatnot, but it it was it was it was it was a fun one for a movie tie-in. And then uh, DC uh, Ruby number one. I am I was not a fan of the last run. I thought it was a big ass waste of time. But this one, uh, at least in issue number one, it seems okay so far. Nothing stellar, just okay. But uh, not horrible like the last one. And then uh, the last book on honorable mentions is Tim Drake Robin, a uh, fucking yuck. And that is <laughs> it for the honorable mentions. <laughs> Wait, there was there was another DC Ruby. Yeah, I yeah, thought this it was came the out first. a while ago. No, oh. no, this it came out a few years ago. Okay, well, I'm behind. So I remember hearing just about it, and that. I thought it was just an announcement, and then it finally came out now. And I'm like, I thought I heard about this a few years ago. It took a long time to come out because I think the movie came out too recently. The oh, that's out. Yeah, at least I as far as I know, I've I've seen a lot of screenshots online, people talking about it. So I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I think anyway. I could be wrong. People are talking about it an awful lot, though, for something that is possibly not out. Yeah. Anyway, that is, as Josh said, the honorable mentions. A lot of stuff there. A lot of good stuff. A lot of mess stuff. But that's that's for you to decide. Indeed. As for next, we're going to take a quick bite out of crime with Punchline, the Gotham game number five. And Josh is going to tell us about that one. Indeedly do I will. I'm going to try and blow through it as fast as I can. A lot did happen in this issue. It was written by Tini and Blake Howard with Gleb Melnikoff. Art and colors by Louis Guerrero. Becca Carey on those letters. The cover also came from Melnikoff, and it looks pretty dang good. All right, so uh, this issue starts out with Assistant DA Ventura Fremont, Catwoman's lawyer. Investigating the explosion at Ace Chemicals, she knows it was an explosion and not a fire because jet fuel don't melt steel beams. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> 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 but uh, that's happening while Punchline is out messing up uh, the Gentleman's Club meeting for Black Mask. That's happening while Black Mask attacks the Royal Flush Gang's hideout. So a little tit for tat there. Uh, the secret password from last issue, Ace's High, unleashes the android aces i should have saw that coming i'm a dipshit for not punchline uh was losing that fight until one of the androids shows up and levels the playing field they are definitely upgraded nightwing bluebird and colin have to deal with the other one that came out 
Thankfully, way back in Batman and Robin Eternal, Bluebird invented an anti-nanobot field, and they used that to get away. We're back with Punchline, who gets shot by Black Mask, and the Royal Flush gang leave her to go handle the hostages at Port Royal because they say that's what she would do. After getting shot, Punchline falls off the building and lands in a garbage bin where what looks like the Joker happens to find her. End of issue. It seems like Punchline's world is crashing down around her, and I can't help but wonder how much longer she's going to be a major player in Gotham, how much longer she's going to be relevant. Uh, I, I really enjoy Mel Melnikoff's art, like, almost all of the time, though here it seems just a tiny bit off in places. Not altogether, though. Pretty good. Uh, it is an issue that I did enjoy, as I have um, as I have so far the whole series, and I do look forward to the conclusion to see what happens next. So uh, this one got an eight out of ten for me. I'll Carry on. You guys. Uh, finally, we get some hard times for Alexis K, because let's Fuck face it, right? it, prison was not a bad time for her. <laughs> no, the trial, the prison, everything leading up to and after, she's been sailing through like. Easy cheesy, man. Yeah. Um, that that Joker at the end, it is definitely a Joker, and it looks like, and you can tell from the scar on his head, that's the Joker in The Man Who Stopped Laughing, the supposed clone or alternate Joker, the one that's been homeless, the one that got shot in the head. So that's yep. that looks like that one, which is very interesting. That's, that's another thing I like about certain books like this that, that just kind of come out of nowhere, and then they spend time in the universe they tell their own story but they reference so many other things that are going on and it doesn't detract from the story or any other story it just says yeah it's here and this is happening now and you can tell and i appreciate that i like that yeah, i think yeah. it's really cool when how they can, I can make that work that's the shit yeah like that that it, it wasn't even a tie-in or crossover but the story with catwoman and punchline happening at the same time uh was perfect you read one, then you read the other, and it makes sense. Uh, we'll just have to see if the same thing happens with the man who stopped laughing. Uh, all together, though, I really enjoyed it. Beautiful art. Uh, interesting story. 8 out of 10 as well. Yeah, no, this one uh, still continues to be a surprisingly good series. I mean, I feel like I say that every time we, uh, we cover it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's still uh, still a good deal of fun, and I, I agree. It's nice to see Punchline get a little bit of comeuppance, especially um, given last issue she really kind of took it from uh, from Black Mask. So it's nice seeing that yeah. continue here. It was also something that put a smile on my face, a minor thing, but it's still nice to see was um, was Bluebird's anti um, was it the the anti nanite field or nano swarm field, which is a really old callback to yeah to Batman and Robin Eternal that actually even a little yeah. bit farther back after her brother was infected with the the nano swarm way back in the beginning of oh, Batman shit. Eternal and that was like yeah just I mean I remembered it but I was like oh wow it's nice to see that someone actually kind of remembers that that's sort of why she started being Bluebird was you know to save her brother and everything there so just a, a fun little reference that that I enjoyed but uh, yeah I gave this an eight out of ten as well and looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up next month. Yeah. Whoa, how often does that happen, guys? 
we all have the same score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> all right, we'll see if it happens again. Good. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, we'll see if this happens a second time with Stargirl the Lost Children number four with Brandon giving us a lowdown. Sure. Uh, this one will be a little bit shorter just because it was a pretty fast-paced issue, but uh, this is Stargirl the Last, the Lost Children number four written by Jeff Johns with art from Todd Nock, colors from Matt Herms, and letters from Rob Lee. Corky Baxter having caught up the Lost Children and Stargirl on the history of the Flashpoint slash the Timeline shenanigans, begin their charge against the Childminder's Castle to stop her from selling the heroes to the mysterious buyer. Unfortunately, they're just a little too late as the buyer arrives from the distant future before they can begin their final assault and is none other than the man known as Our Man. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's still a lot of fun. Um, and... Uh, that was a hell of a reveal. I, I debated keeping mm-hmm. that one a secret just because it was a pretty crazy one. Um, yeah. And I guess I guess I'm still bearing it because I won't. Well, I pretty much gave it away, but I won't say which hour man it is. But if you listen to my summary, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that was a, a hell of a surprise, and I don't know how he became corrupted and is now an enemy of the JSA and their sidekicks. But I guess we'll find out. I'm hoping this is not an extant thing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, still a super fun issue. Me. Love the art. Looking forward to it. Uh, gave this one an eight out of ten as well. See, he's not gonna tell us who the who. He's not gonna say who that our man is. And with our man, I always need to be reminded if that's Rick or not. I can never <laughs> fucking remember the costumes on our man. It's horrible. But uh, now this did this you give one. Your score on that. I looked up. Yeah, I said eight out of ten. Oh, you did look it up? Yeah, well, it's, it's not... Uh, okay, uh, that's, that's kind of giving... A, it's it's not Rick. <laughs> I'll say that. No. No. All right, but you know who is someone? Apparently, Childminder is Mother Goose from the nursery rhymes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> what interesting. the hell? <laughs> um, that confused me a little bit, but it was still a pretty enjoyable issue, although I will stay quirky Baxter still gets on my nerves. Uh, <laughs> art is fantastic, and it's super cool to see all these former and new uh, sidekicks from previous timelines coming together. I am admittedly very curious as to what happens uh, when they do return to their original timeline if that happens uh i guess there's only one way to find out and that's to keep reading but um it, it was fun even if even if the mother goose and corky baxter kind of kicked me off for a little bit but i give this one a 7.75 out of 10 fair enough uh just like everyone else i did not see that ending coming this while already interesting just got way more interesting uh, I, I will say, and I'm hoping I don't give anything away with this. I'm trying not to give anything away here. I did look up the history of this character, just because I needed to be reminded of it all. It's been a while since we've seen this character. And I don't think... Oh, Our Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't think necessarily that he's turned evil. Cause it, it also, just seeing some of the stuff I saw on the wiki, it kind of sounds like almost par for the course in a way 
Like, he's doing this to protect them and uh, to kind of mm. save them okay. from, from something, right? And I'm trying, I, I want, I had all this thing, the, this, the, these ideas ready to go, but I don't want to give anything away. So, <laughs> so yeah. if you get what I'm putting down, um, Picking up it I'm just seems down. like maybe, maybe it's more of a protection thing as opposed to a evil thing. But we'll see. There's two more issues to go, I think. I think it's a I, six. I hope you're right, man, because our man going bad, regardless of which one it is, um, it sucks. The idea of mm-hmm. it sucks. He's an yeah. integral part of the JSA. So uh hope that's not the case. Yeah. Rob, I, I guess I didn't hear either one of you. I, what was your score? I, I hadn't said it yet. Mine was oh, okay. 8.75. Whoa. Yeah. That that twist at the end was like, oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> that that one that one reason up the for me. twist. Okay, so with that, that ends our quick bite section for the week. Now we're gonna shine a spotlight on over. Uh some would even say a bat signal on Batman versus Robin number five, the finale of not just this mini series, but also the Lazarus Planet saga. This is written by Mark Wade with art from Mahmoud Rezrar, colors from Jordi Belair, letters from Steve Wands, and a gorgeous cover from Mahmoud Azbar and Nathan Fairburn. Uh, despite what you see on the cover, <laughs> which, when I was looking at it, really threw me for a loop, Alfred is not involved. I will bury that lead right now. Um, basically, picking up where we left off at the end of... Uh, Lazarus Planet Omega <clears throat> excuse me uh, King Fire no not King Fireball sorry Devil Neza <laughs> has uh, entered Batman's body and taken him over and has now kidnapped Robin taken him to the Batcave and has revealed himself as the Devil Neza so he's taken Robin to the Batcave and revealed himself to be the Devil Neza Robin kind of surprised is uh, now planning uh, as best he can, what he can do to save his father. Because the last time he saw his father, he was mortally wounded. But now, he is perfectly healthy. As much as I was a bit of a surprise, now he's not surprised at all. Uh, Devil Nezha just wants to find his son, King Firebull, and finish him once and for all. As Damien really has no idea where he is, but then decides, okay, I'll show you anyway. Activates some sonar beacon inside the Batcave while protecting his ears with earplugs. And uh, completely decimates Devil Neza's ears for about three seconds as Robin gets on his motorcycle, hightails it out of the Batcave, but is being closely followed by the Batmobile, uh, Ghost Rider Batmobile, it looks like, because the wheels are on fire. And not just any Batmobile, (laughs) the Batmobile that him and Dick were uh, driving around in when Bruce was lost in time. As Damien says, my Batmobile. One of the most iconic ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful design. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so Damien is getting the hell out of Dodge as fast as he can, but is not doing so well uh, because the Batmobile is shooting missiles as well. Uh, Meanwhile, Monkey Prince jumps onto his motorcycle, blocking Robin's view with a stupid idea, uh, and they uh, almost crash. But Monkey Prince 
then reveals his clone jutsu because I don't remember the actual <laughs> name. <laughs> I, I, it's been a very Naruto day for me. <clears throat> clone jutsu, man. Yeah, and uh, sends some Monkey Prince clones onto the windshield of the Batmobile, blocking Devil Neza's view, which crashes the Batmobile, but uh, Batman Neza walks out of the flaming wreckage towards Monkey Prince and Robin, but they quickly escape as Monkey Prince pleads with Robin, look, I know he's your dad, but you know what we have to do. There is no other way. If we re- if we take Neza's spirit out... Batman will die because Neza is the only thing keeping him alive right now. And Robin reluctantly follows suit despite the fact that he wants to do whatever it takes to save his father. He calls in the Bat family. Uh, All the Batgirls and the Robins show up and together they formulate a plan. They lure him to Gotham City rooftops with the Bat signal and together they all fight him, weakening him and putting him down as fast as possible. As Damien is watching from afar, making sure things are set in place and waiting for Monkey Prince to arrive with the final part of the plan. Monkey Prince arrives a little bit late as Devil Nessa is beginning to get the upper hand on the family. But then Monkey Prince uses his hair into clones discipline. Sorry, that's what it's called. And instead of making multiple clones of himself, instead makes multiple clones of Robin. Damien Wayne Robin. So now it's like the scene from The Matrix Reloaded where Agent Smith is just dogpiling on Neo with only one Robin in existence. But then Neza begins to get the upper hand, much like Neo did in that movie, (laughs) Uh, and eventually finds the real Robin just as the uh, final part of the plan shows up, and that is Zatanna, the Enchantress, and uh, Shifu Pigsy where they bind uh, Batman's body down and in tow with Devil Nezha's dead deceased corpse. And with that, Robin gives the word. They transfer his spirit back into his own body and seal Nezha away. But then Robin formulates, or uh, brings up the final part of his plan where he wants to sacrifice his own life force to save him. But as the uh, spellcasters reveal, it's not enough. It's not going to work. He's dead, and your life force is not strong enough. No matter what we do, there's not enough. So Robin does the last thing he knows how, or knows to, uh, the last thing he he can do, and that gets on he gets on comms. Uh, thanks to the Oracle, and talks to the entire city of Gotham City, and pleads with them to share a bit of their life force to save Batman's life. He has saved your lives many times. The least you can do is save his. And they do. Batman is back to life thanks to the spellcasters. And they embrace in one more hug with a it's over. Finally, Batman and Robin are back together again. The end. For a title like Batman vs. Robin, I will say it did not disappoint. You get exactly that in every issue. You get Batman fighting Robin, so it did the bare minimum <laughs> that it set out to yeah. do. You have Batman fighting Robin, and that's fair. If that's all it's trying to do, that's what it's doing. As for the ending, though, it was kind of cheesy, saving Batman's life like that. Like, it was cool and all, but it was also a little too Dragon Ball even for me. And I've been watching Dragon Ball since I was six years old. 
If I needed any more proof that Mark Wade did a rewatch of DBZ recently, it's this issue. <laughs> He's definitely Between been watching the, a lot of fusions? anime. The, the... Oh, yeah. I was about to say, the fusion was a clear sign. Oh, yeah, it was to the fusions, and this is, like, highly reminiscent of the, the spirit bomb. So, I don't know, that's, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> um... Yeah, the I think the, the the story was good overall, and the reformed bond of father and son is great. But honestly, how long is that going to last? There's always going to be some writer that thinks, "Oh, you know, what would be great." Damien and Bruce fighting seems to happen oh, every couple of years. Yeah. I think we just need to well, let that go. We've got some character progression that's been going like, on with Damien, so hopefully we can. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, at least just hit pause for a couple of years before they drudge that shit up again. Like, we're just, just never just take a break. We got just it. Let it, or sink. just never, or just yeah. never. Yeah, yeah just, just never. Let it lie at the bottom of Gotham River. You know, yes, just let them be. Yeah, Rupert Thorne's men can let just them be Batman. Give Robin. it the cement shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all in all, as a series, I think it was fairly enjoyable. Uh, for a final issue, eight point five out of ten. Stellar art. Um, weird ending, but. <laughs> How much can you really do when it comes to ending a series called Batman versus Robin? Yeah. And I now, sometimes I have to completely... remind myself that that Mark Wade is from a different era, um, mm-hmm. um, especially with endings like these, because I know he was sort of weaned on the Silver Age style stories, which had you know very straightforward, simple, oftentimes Deus Ex Machina type resolutions. And I think this is a clear example of that because oh my god, this ending was so corny. Yeah. Um, it just like, with like there's literally it was it was like um oh my god. I mean everyone saying like the I am Spartacus thing, but all I was thinking of was <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen the the Malcolm X movie from nineteen ninety two, but at the ending they have like a bunch of kids around the world saying, I am Malcolm X and it was like it was the first thing that popped into my mind it's just that same level of kind of like it's it's in it's got the right spirit it's it's very warm-hearted and nice but also just incredibly corny um and and the whole like you know give a piece of yourself and the bat will live again and then he does miraculously and then they're off to the rooftops as batman it was so corny um So I, for that, I, I had to dock a couple points because like that was that was just that was so ridiculous. It felt like, like I don't know, like a Saturday morning cartoon. But yeah. I, I can't deny that this series was a lot more fun um, than I expected, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think at least since the '90s, Mark Wade has been watching a lot of anime and probably reading some manga because there's no way he didn't do this and not think of like shadow clone jutsu um, yeah. or whatever it is from naruto but yeah no that was that was fun so uh, this one got a 7.75 out of 10 like it's it's corny and deus ex ending having people just give their souls and batman's able to just wake up and be fine but i don't know it's it's fun it's innocent i guess at the end of the day it'll put a smile on your face yeah if that's all it's, it's trying to do then it definitely does that I I could put a different movie in it uh, with with the explanation you had, because it was very quick. Like they have that okay, Batman saved, and then a page later, it's just one more page, and that's it. I think it could have done with a, an extra couple of pages, just to not necessarily need to set up anything else, but just like 
give us some resolution between Bruce and Damien. Be like, I'm sorry, father. It's like, I'm sorry too, son, or something like that. And like, it wasn't really mean. As yeah. I know. Like, just give us something. Give us some kind of like nice father son moment to like really put a, a cap on this story and not just have a hug and then move on. And then they're it off felt to the kind rooftops. of rushed. Yeah. And it reminds me of yeah. I don't know if you guys watched the, the first Michael Bay Transformers movie. It it has the same effect for me. Where like the action's over, they save the day, and then like Optimus has this thirty second speech over the guitar solos from Lincoln Park, and then it just ends. <laughs> Out of nowhere. There's no like this is what uh, Wiki's up to next, or this is what the Autobots are doing now. Like, it's just, okay, we saved the day, and now the movie's done. Like, okay. <laughs> just gonna end it now. <laughs> gonna give us, a, like, two more minutes. Okay. It's it's almost rushed, but not in a bad way. It's really, really weird. Yeah. I have swung completely the other way with you from you guys. Um... You mentioned the, you know, an extra page or two uh, with, you know, Batman saying I'm sorry or whatever. But to me, we got the Batman equivalent of that with Robin, uh, his little narration at the end where he says that a lesson was learned not by them, but by the world. There is no more formidable a team than Batman and Robin. For me, that is like a Bat family kind of hug there. Um, yeah. as far as the rest of it goes I'm going to start by saying that uh, what could have been a great cover just wasn't it for me and honestly that's most of the art inside wasn't my favorite it's not bad it's just not my kind of style I'm not a big God- Godlewski fan but um, the whole thing anyway uh, it's always been that you know Batman is Gotham and that's because he's always been his protector and he'll never lead it, leave it no matter no matter how bad things get, um, now after this, now after this issue, Batman really is Gotham. He has a piece of all of it, and to me, I thought that that was pretty fucking cool. Um, in a story that I did enjoy at times, but thought could have been way better, and even complained about a lot of it, this was easily for me the best ending that this art could have ever had. I absolutely loved it, and I I can't give enough praise to the creative team for coming up with the ending that they did, and I do get that there's a lot of similarities between Naruto and Dragon Ball, but, um, you know, it was a little different. I do. I applaud the execution of the idea, and I give it an 8.5 out of 10, and honestly, it it would have got a 9 if it wasn't for the Godlewski art that I'm just not a fan of. Again, it's 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 not Mamadazra. It's not Scott Godlewski. It's Say a misprint again. on the cover. Oh, who it's is Mamadazra. It? It's not Scott Godlewski. It's a oh, misprint well. on the cover. Go figure. That's the second week in a row. But um, all right. Well, yeah. I'm I'm still not a fan. <laughs> well, I mean, it has his name too. I don't know why they they also have Scott. I mean, maybe they had originally tapped him to do some of the art, and Mamadazra did all of it. I don't know, but it's not Scott Godlewski. Fair enough. Still wasn't the hugest fan, but I did think it was a great issue, and I gave it the same score Rob did. I thought it was uh, an 8.5 out of 10. Fair enough. I thought so. Yeah, I didn't even see Godlewski's name there. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not on, on the, the cover, but it shouldn't. Inside. Yeah, it's not in the credits. Yeah. 
That was is Ezra or Nathan Fairbairn that did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not reviewing it. I didn't even check the credits page. I just saw it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. With that, that's our spotlight section for the week. And now we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. You guys need to take a break or anything? Go grab some water. I just got to run to the washroom. Yeah. All right. Be back in two and two. And I really like that ending. there brandon yes what's up um <clears throat> on that page in batman versus robin uh where mm-hmm. the whole bat family's sitting there uh mm-hmm. tim stuff nightwing all of it i, I didn't bring it up during the review because it's kind of nitpicking but doesn't it look like nightwing has a, a mustache and a soul patch um, uh, I don't have the page in front of me, so I don't know, but I can pull up right now probably. Um, I know that I saw it. What page was it? Um, I want to say it's like 20. Oh, okay. Um. They're all standing there on the rooftop. Steph is swinging down from the air. That's why I forgot to move. 
this where uh, Nightwing says round two? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't see it. The soul pack? Yeah, no, I don't see it. I mean, I, I there's like a little crease under his lip, but that just looks like the shadow. Uh, well, I, love the pose I guess looking at it digitally though. is a little different. Yeah. Badass pose. Uh, on my screen, it looks like he's got a, uh, uh, like an old-fashioned mustache where they shave the middle and then a little soul patch on the Weird. bottom. Yeah. All right. I mean, I can show you my copy, but I don't. Maybe you'll see it, but I don't see it. Um, okay. I don't really see it. Yeah, no, I can see it. Yeah, it hmm. huh, it looks yeah. darker on mine. Huh. It could just be the screen difference, I don't know. It could be. Ugh. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. So this is the Lazarus Planet epilogue, but this is issue five of Batman vs. Robin. So when they collect this, is it going to be part of the Lazarus Planet trade or the Batman vs. Robin trade? That's a damn good question, because I can't figure I, that like, out either. Or yeah, are they going to put it all and in one collected deal? Oh, I hope not. I, so, I mean, I already have it, but like even still, that, that, would, that would literally force you to read Lazarus Planet. Although, well, there may be a workaround, because what I did was, I actually, I just reorganized it yesterday. I can show you. So, I have all five issues of Batman vs. Robin. And then sandwiched in between two and four, I have Lazarus Planet Alpha and then the Lazarus Planet Omega. Because that's basically just, like, that's the story. Um, and then after yeah. that, I have, you know, Lazarus Planet 5. And then I have separately um, all of the Lazarus Planet tie-ins in just, like, a separate sleeve. Because you don't really need those to read the main story. So I, it was no, just like, this is going to be easier... And at any point when I reread ver uh, Batman versus Robin, I'm going to need to go straight into Lazarus Planet and then the Omega and then back to Batman versus Robin. So I figured this would just be easier. So I don't know if that's how they're going to do it, but yeah, it's that's such a weird way to, to collect it. Anyway. Oh, for a, for a trade? It's a, yeah, it's a weird way to... Yeah, well, so I, I asked, I was like, so Batman versus Robin number five is a Lazarus Planet epilogue. But it's issue five of Batman versus Robin. So when they collect the whole thing, is it going to be in a Batman versus Robin trade or in the Lazarus Planet trade? Yeah. I mean, they, I it wouldn't know. be the first time they've had issues in two different trades. Yeah, it's just so weird though, because you're gonna you're basically gonna read issues one through four, and I guess it'll just end on the you know, the Lazarus volcano exploding, and then that'll be the end of it. And if, mm -hmm. whether you choose to read Lazarus Planet or not, that's the end of the story for yeah. Batman versus Robin, which is such a weird way, because it's not really the ending. Yeah, because yeah, it's but weird. I, I, mean, I was it just was telling Josh... That. It's an event, and you put, put yeah. the conclusion in a totally different book. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I was telling Josh, I think the way I have it, because I, I just organized it once 5 came out, is I have 1 through 4, and then sandwiched in between 4 and 5, I have the Lazarus Planet Alpha and the Lazarus Planet Omega, because that's basically just the whole story from Wade. Yeah. Which I feel like makes sense, because you don't really... I mean, you can obviously, but no. you don't really need to to understand the Alpha or the Omega. Like, they don't really factor in. So you can kind of just go from 4 to the two Lazarus Planet issues... Five, and then that's the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of it is just fluff. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's you know, it's interesting if you want to read it, but it's it's like any other time. It's not necessary, or at least yeah. it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. It was really. That is a weird way to doing it. Yeah. Anyway, basically, what I'm saying is, DC should pay me to put together their collection. <laughs> yes. These and then they can pay, pay me in those collections. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably not because that's exploitation, I'm sure. But um, yeah, yeah. Not if you sign the contract. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, there's a union <laughs> now. Well, I mean, yeah. For I mean, I would probably want a formal paycheck, but yeah. yeah. All right, you guys ready to uh, throw down on the rest of this stuff? Yes, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, bring us back, my man. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. I knew you wouldn't go anywhere. We are now getting into our full dive section of the week where we are going to start off with Action Comics number 1052, and that is brought to us by Josh. Indeed it is, and what an issue. Um, this is a three-parter, so hang in there, folks. The main story is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art from Rafa Sandoval, colors from Matt Herms, lettering from Dave Sharp, and a seriously wicked cool cover from Steve Beach, who... For some reason or another I am not familiar with, but I really think I should be. Um, y'all, really, y'all need to see this thing. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But uh, we pick up where we left off from the last issue. The super family is all uh, not doing so well. They're, they're kind of all messed up from that big boom. Uh, up in the sky, we get to see Superman fighting a beefed up by Lex Luthor Metallo. The Steel family shows up to help level the playing field, and after John Henry Irons messes up Metallo's face, Superman whoops on him, covers, in him, covers him in ice, and he sends him out into space. After a brief visit to Clark's apartment with all the Super family present, we get a very brief history lesson about John Corman, Corbin before... We go back out to space and see him break free from Superman's ice breath freezing. Um, he's getting he's getting some kind of uh, communication from his sister that is apparently in prison, but uh, I don't know if it's a hallucination. I don't think it is, um, but I also don't really think it's her. In any case. Uh, he's told that uh, she needs him to kill Superman and Superman's entire family in order to be, you know, saved. So during the fight, Superman finds out, during the fight with Metallo, Superman finds out that Lex Luthor 
is not the one speaking to Metallo, but he doesn't know who it is yet. Um, speaking of Metallo, he's in an alleyway and some members of Blue Earth stumble upon him. He grabs them up after a brief fight that did not end their way and takes, him to the, takes them to a secret hideout where he tells them that they are going to help him kill the super family. Uh, through this, there are some references made about the Unmade from Warworld, and the next issue is titled Unmade, so I really think we're looking at a further Warworld connection here. <laughs> Not that that takes any psychic powers to figure out. The end of the first part. Um, as far as that one goes, Superman is awesome in PKJ's hands and Rafa Sandoval's art. And this story has me super interested, pardon the pun. It's headed in a very cool direction. I would never have thought that this wasn't Lex Luthor talking to Metallo. And the Warworld connection has me wishing that this was a weekly series. Uh, normally, I would have gotten fatigue with such a setting continuing to go on. Um, but the way that it's written, it's just, I'm not, I'm not getting tired of it at all. It was a great first part of the book. I'm, I was really into it. And, uh, you know, I know you guys don't typically grade the parts separately, but this one, the first part, I gave a 9.25 on. Should I continue, or do you all want to talk about that first one? Talk about the first uh, one. Okay. Um... Okay, okay, so I'm debating if, Brandon, you should go first. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I guess I can. Um, huh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it still continues to be arguably the best Superman story that we've had. It's, it's just the newing saga of this era of Clark Kent. I know that sounded very vague, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of put everything into the right words um but yeah no i mean i i think what i'm really paying attention to at least in this arc is just seeing how this version of metallo is different from versions that we've had in the past how they're trying to alter that the mystery of who may or may not really be influencing john corbin and then of course just seeing how the new era of uh, the super family works together and everything. Um, and it's a minor thing, but I, I feel like it's going to get more attention soon. But the, the Blue Earth movement, which I actually think could be really interesting, because there have been anti-Superman movements in the past, anti-Superman sentiment. I mean, they talked about Livewire last week. That's certainly a, a loud example. Um, but it, it was sort of like a minor thing, and we're going to see how they get folded into Corbin's plan later. But um, I'm interested to see how that movement develops later, because I think really the sort of anti um, movements have, have usually been more in Gotham, not so much in Metropolis, at least from my memory of Superman. So I, I kind of want to see how that's uh, going to play out in the future. It's, it's a smaller thing, but I hope it gets developed more. Um, and then the art from Rafa Sandoval is just like, I'm so glad he's doing action comics. It's amazing. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, it, mm -hmm. dude has just continued to improve over the years, and I think he's so perfect for a book called Action Comics. So that's where I'm at with, uh, with the main story, which I gave a 9 out of 10. Okay, so first off, I want to go back to Superman number one from last week. I still think it's a great issue, but 
of course I want to go back to it, but of course I still think it's a great issue. <laughs> Both. <But anyway laughs> um, I still think it's a great issue, but honestly, for me, continuity kind of matters sometimes. And for me, the, the whole thing with Lex right now is kind of an issue. He's still a dick here, but he's helping over there. And sure, there's probably some machinations going on behind the scenes that we don't know about yet with uh, Williamson's book, but PKJ's been doing this, like, setting this up for a long time, and it seems like two completely different Lex Luthers. Like, if, if Williamson is going to go with that story, which I do still really enjoy, you really should try to match that up with Johnson, because Johnson really was here first with the, the plot, right? At least align the... Uh, the Lex Luthers a little bit. That just that part kind of bugged me and kind of lowered the score a little bit. Um, overall, with the main story, at least for this issue, I, I felt it was kind of bland at times, but also exciting at times. Like Metalo getting punched in the space, that was pretty cool. The family sitting around and talking for three pages about random stuff, that was kind of not so cool. Uh, it was hit or miss for me, but ultimately I did enjoy it. And I, I have not scored individually, so I will admit a score right now. All right, we'll give it a nine for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second part written by one of Rob's favorites, Dan Jurgens, with art from Lee Weeks, coloring from Elizabeth Breitweiser, and Rob Lee on the lettering. This is part two of Home Again, which happens back when John is a kid. Picking up from last issue, we're looking at an alien that has crash-landed on the Kent farm in front of John. This alien wants to speak to the king of the world, and John is telling her that there is no such thing. The alien's name is Gliana, and the and uh, Gliana of the planet Plun? That's how I'm going to pronounce it. And she thinks that Superman must be the king, and she obviously comes from a world where the most powerful are the rulers, and doing the right thing is ridiculous. The conversation doesn't last long after John tries to help her ditch a tracking device that she's concerned about, and he ends up frying her ship's controls. That's when a robot shows up to arrest her or kill her, her choice, and John tries to help, but the robot, saying that, attack, saying that this attack was merely minor, knocks him back and hurts him pretty bad with electricity. Uh, he, the, the robot that is called Kilomech, which, you know, I mean, let's be honest, makes perfect sense. It sounds like a cheap Gundam villain, though. Um, he grabs <laughs> Gliana and John up, uh, grabs John as well, calling uh, him her accomplice, and then he lifts him up in some sort of energy field. John calls out for his dad, and Clark takes off, but we don't see if he gets there in time. Lois is worried about it, though. Uh, meanwhile, while Superman is out, Lois gets a knock on the door, and it is none other than Doombreaker asking for help. And I did not see that coming. So, if, if, if I'm, and I'm sure you guys remember, but uh, I was really opposed to this story in, in part one. And I, I still don't see a reason to be going back in time to when John was a young boy. But I, I do. I have, I have to admit that this story has definitely taken a turn for the better. I'm, I'm into it now because there's been some really interesting things introduced. Um, 
not wholeheartedly, but it is interesting now. And, man, Lee Weeks is on top of his game here. So far, so good. And um, a little emphasis on the good there. I gave part two an 8.5 out of 10. What did you guys think about that? Brandon. I think Rob wants you to take all of them first, Brandon. A vote? Yep. All right. I said I think Rob wants to take all of them. Wants you to take all of the ones first. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, I think I enjoyed last month's um, Young John backup. I thought it was just a fun throwback to a, a simpler time and. I agree with this one. I still am not in love with the whole Doombreaker thing. I, I think it is just kind of silly. Um, I don't know that we need more than one Doomsday. I think Doomsday is like is a villain that is not a good villain, but is a villain that serves a purpose. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of like, I don't really care about that. But it's fun watching Young John, and um, it's, uh, it's cute even. I, I will say, just as one thing, I don't know if it's if he's like trying to do a, a style of speaking or something, but I noticed like he has John speaking with like, it's, I, when I read it out in my mind, it's almost like a southern style of speaking. It's like this very kind of rural, and I know John grew up on a farm, but I also think they're in like California, so I don't really know why he sounds like that, and I don't remember him sounding Small like that before Kansas, when Peter Tomasi was doing Super Sons. But they're not in Smallville. Um, yeah. They're in Hamilton uh, I County. I forget where it is. Hamilton, Hamilton County, which I think yeah they say is like California or something. Um, so I yeah I don't know why <laughs> why he suddenly sounds like he's from Kansas. Um, but yeah, I just I thought that was kind of weird, and I don't know where that's coming from. But aside from that, still think it's really fun. Just looking forward to more adventures with Young John. And uh, this Maybe we got an we'll count and This is how Clark talks. I'll, I'll be oh, honest. I, I thought back in in that story when they were when they were doing that, I thought Hamilton County was in Kansas. It was just further away from Smallville. I I swear they mentioned somewhere it was because they said like we're on the west coast, and I was like that can't be Kansas because Kansas is in the Midwest. So yeah. I I could be wrong. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I I do remember reading something yeah. about, about California, but like. <laughs> um, I do remember reading something about California, which kind of threw me for a loop. But I, I could have sworn when, when they did those stories in 2016 that it was still in Kansas, just not Smallville. Like it was kind of Smallville adjacent, but far enough away where no one would recognize Clark and Lois. Yeah, I don't know. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, the, the, for this backup, it's. While not amazing and not ultimately leading to anything, it still takes place in my favorite time for Superman, and I'm still really enjoying a Dan Jurgen story. So, all the power to it. I'm all for it. It's interesting. Right on, man. Alright, so finally we got the third part, which is a part of an ongoing story as well, written by Leah Williams, art by Marguerite Savage, and Becca Carey is on lettering. And uh, this one is Power Girl. She's still a telepath and is still working as a counselor for heroes with Omen. This time, the one that needs help is Supergirl, and she can't talk right. 
It's all gibberish, but her thoughts are still clear. So uh, to help out, Power Girl drive, uh, drives, dives into Kara's mindscape. <clears throat> and of course, Kara's mindscape is a representation of Argo City. That makes sense. And she also appears in this mindscape looking like, and I don't know how you guys felt, but like some kind of wizard princess from Gemworld. Uh, after Power Girl pisses Kara off, Kara off, Supergirl speaks a real world, world bleh. Let me try that again. After Power Girl pisses Kara off, Supergirl speaks a real word in the real world. Uh, so Power Girl continues to try to piss off Kara um, at Omen's insistence. She's breaking shit and she's trying to get under Supergirl's skin, calling her out on a bunch of stuff, uh, talking about how perfect she thinks she is or doesn't think she is, but wants everybody else to think that she is. Uh, Power Girl knows that this is some kind of psychic attack and that the actual target is herself. We see some sort of monument with a black rose on top that has the inscription power girl can you sense the cur can, can you sense the coming curtain call and it is signed js i don't know who that is but i'm hoping brandon can tell me back in the real world man alive i am done talking back in the real world kara is now fine and power girl notes that coming after her through the super family isn't the ex isn't exactly like the best approach because you know she's she's left out of the family and that is true i mean power girl just doesn't really appear as a part of the super family even in the uh the first story where you know the whole super family is together even um oh damn what is his name con conel the superman of china is 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 there oh but um Oh man, <laughs> King Kong! Oh wow, yeah, I forgot for a second. K yeah, I forgot to. K yeah, King Kong. Kong. That's yep. it. All right, I said Connell. I'm retarded. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I mean, I I get that, and it's interesting. It's a it's a it's a good part of the story there. Uh, she's never around then. Um, so the story ends with Omen offering all of them some tea. <laughs> uh, I think it's I still think it's really weird that Power Girl has telepathy now but I, I think I get it she, she needs to be differentiated from Supergirl or she's completely irrelevant she's got to be made into her own character and, and I guess that's what we're getting now so let's roll with it it works for me and I'm pretty into this now uh, Savage's art is hit or miss with me but I really dig it here it works and it works really well it's not over the top and I like it uh, something else that I like Kara's new costume that shit is awesome man it's banging I fucking love it uh, seriously the princess one or the I, like other one this one which apparently oh, we're going to okay. be seeing a lot of different ones for Supergirl um, she's apparently yeah. going to be changing her costumes according to her mood and you know I mean whatever uh, as long as they're not totally horrible but I did see some images hey, Daredevil can do it she can do it exactly um, yeah. so I, I hope that this story stays as strong as it is now at least I think it is 
Um, it would be very easy for it to start dipping into nonsense, and I don't want to see that. It's got really good footing, and for me, that's a good thing, as long as they can keep it up. And uh, I, I liked it a whole bunch. I gave it a 9.75 out of 10. Um, wow. As far as the whole book, uh, I think the whole book is outstanding, and I really don't know another word for it. It's just it's nearly perfect. The story, the voices, the dialogue, the art. Hell, even the lettering is great in all three parts. This is fantastic. And, uh, and now I'm just coming up with synonyms for awesome. So... I'm going to stop it there. Uh, the last part got a 9.75 out of 10, and so did the whole issue. Oh, damn. All right, do I do I take the reins again? Go for it. <laughs> I, only, I, I figured I had right. to go first for the, for <laughs> Just, the first there's story, like a silence so I let you and go I, first for the rest. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like there's a silence, and I, I just feel Rob being like, ah, just can you just go? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess. Um, no, no, I, I'm right there with you, Josh. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think Power Girl is an interesting character in that um, I think for a lot of her history, she's just sort of been kind of relegated to supporting roles or she's been part of a team. Um, I I vaguely remember having a solo series in like the 2000s i don't think i've ever read that so maybe she got it to some stuff there but i don't think she's ever really had you know a time in the spotlight where people are like oh wow you know power girl's awesome she's never really gonna and feel free to disagree i'm sure some jsa fan i mean i'm a jsa fan but i'm sure some jsa fans will agree but i just feel like power girl will ultimately kind of never really live up to the popularity of supergirl because people are probably going to side with supergirl just because she's more well known but I, I, I like that they're kind of giving her, I don't know, something to do, something that's a little bit different and unique from the rest of the mm-hmm. super family. And you get points from me from teaming her up with Lilith, who's a great Titans character, super underrated, and I always love seeing her pop up anywhere. I was so disappointed when she wasn't part of the, the Titans run um, at uh, Titans Academy or whatever it was. Because uh, how many psychic characters are there in the DC universe that could have used, you know, mentorship from Omen? But. Anyway, that book sucked. Uh, point is, I'm just happy that uh, that Power Girl is, <laughs> is, you know, getting up to some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I, Margaret Savage's art, I personally am, and I still think it's really shiny here. Um, and to answer your question for who JS is, I can tell you, I don't know how much you want, sp- I mean, it's not a guarantee, but it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know who it is, plus they kind of gave it away. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I, I I'm can tell you if you want to know. I do okay. want to know. The whole world wants to know. Inquiring so, minds want to know. All right. <laughs> well, if inquiring minds want to know, then I aim to please. But for those who are familiar with say, if you can remember characters from, I believe it was the Jeff Johns incarnation of the Injustice Society, there is a character who was rather well-known for carrying around a black rose, someone who also was well known for his levitating mask. And uh, Rob, do you know who I'm talking about? J.K. <laughs> Simmons. Lost me. I lost you. Lost okay. Me. Well, there is a character on. Maybe I'm not doing a good job, but there's a character I believe was on that version of the Justice Society, and his name is none other than Johnny. 
You you well, cut out Sauron. at the last name. You cut out. I just His name is none other than blank. Uh, Johnny Sorrow. <laughs> Johnny Sorrow. Why doesn't that no, have okay. C-Bellis? No. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that character at all, but... No, not at all. I, I guess. I'll be honest. Again, I don't. Oh, okay. Then never mind. That's why he's the yeah. librarian. Well, yeah. Well, Johnny Sorrow, character from the JSA, pretty cool. He wielded the. Um, I don't remember if it was the Eternity Mask or the Medusa. It might have been the Medusa Mask or something like that. And basically, his power was if you removed that mask, it would. Like um, if you looked at his true face, but I, I I don't remember if that's the name of the basically yeah that was his power okay. I just don't remember the name of the mask. Medusa the mask sounds weird, but wasn't the Medusa of... mask the one that Psychopyro uses? That's interesting because I was literally just gonna say the only three masks that I can think of are the Medusa mask, Psycho Pirate mask. And um, Doctor Fate, which doesn't really count as the well, Medusa mask, might be the Psycho Pirate. I might just be confusing it because yeah, there are a lot of masks, but um, yeah, it's basically yeah, it's, it's one of his masks. Um, yeah, the Medusa mask is for Psycho Pirate. But anyway, that's I'm pretty sure that's who that is. It's Johnny Sara, which would make sense given the yeah. JSA connection. Power Girl would obviously have run into her before. Yeah, and the whole JS initials. Also, well, side note, if you've not read JSA Injustice Be Done, please do. It's a great story arc. Yeah, I gotta revisit that. Obviously, I'm gonna have yeah. to, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you give a score? Oh, I gave this one an 8.5 out of 10. Right on. For the, the whole book, or just the... Oh, for, uh, for the Power Girl backup. I, I didn't score the whole book. Um, oh, okay. Fair enough. Probably a 9 out of 10. Right on. Uh, yeah, the second backup I quite enjoyed. I think it was really good. The art is very different, but I like it. Uh, a relationship you don't see explored much that I think is Karen and Kara. I want to see more of that. Because um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's always been that kind of elephant in the room. There's two Karas in the world, and one's kind of lost <laughs> how do you address that it's i don't know if it's it's ever been done but this is the first time i've seen that it kind of addressed in a in a specific room so i really dug it at least i'm loving this this way. backup yeah uh i did actually look up stuff with hamilton county so the the stuff with california apparently and i forgot about this they did have a home in california it was raided by intergang and then they moved to hamilton county yes and i i actually i went back to issue 1051 and i think that's why i was thinking of it because they moved back to their old house but that's the house that they were in when they were in california so they're back in california right now okay gotcha like lois literally says back in california for real um but even if Hamilton County is in Metropolis, I mean, I know there are rural areas in, you know, northern cities. I'm in one, but I don't recall them having, like, southern, a- I don't know, it's just so weird to me. It, it was, yeah, it's still kind of weird. <laughs> like I said, Especially since I, I was yeah. looking at the location, like and Hamilton County is yeah. apparently, like, um, north of Metropolis. 
Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. like, um, do you guys know Seraphin from the New Gods? Uh-huh. I, I know the name, but I, I could um, not place it. Or, yeah, Seraph. Wait, no, sorry. Not, not not from the, well, he is a New God, but he's from the Forever People. But he's, he's like the kid who dresses in like cowboy clothes and does like a Southern accent or Western okay. accent. Maybe it's like that. Like John just saw a lot of Western movies and decided he wanted to have that accent too. I, at the same time, like his his dad grew up in Kansas on a farm. I don't know if they have actual Southern accents in Kansas, but like, yeah. if he ever really adopted that accent and like living on a farm or living off the land, he just kind of went back into that Kansas drawl. Maybe John just picked it up from that. Makes sense. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, all in all, for the whole issue, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Party on, Wayne. Yeah, party on, girl. And we are going to party on with Harley Quinn, because that's how you fucking party. That is how you party. If anybody it's brings the good drugs, it's Harley. You're clown princess. <laughs> well, exactly. I think if anyone brings the good drugs, it's going to be Ivy, but Harley will definitely take them. I mean, Harley's <laughs> right. going to drag Ivy there. So <laughs> that's true. Ivy might want not that's want That's probably to where go, she's getting Harley, the drugs from. That's Harley's exactly gonna it. Harley's going to be smoking weed and and Ivy's bringing the psychedelics. Yeah, Ivy's bringing but, the the crazy mushrooms, the good stuff. I, Right, crazy mushrooms. The, the That'll give you a sports. high like you'll never believe. <laughs> this you'll stuff's be with the gonna green. put you in touch with the green, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Which is why Harley smokes weed. One day, one day we're gonna have to read. Um, I think it's Swamp Thing, like fifty-four or fifty-seven. It's the issue where Swamp Thing comes to Gotham, and there's this page where Swamp Thing like leaves all these sweet potatoes around Gotham City, and all the people oh. just start eating them, and it gives them wild hallucinations but there's this yes. one page in particular where a cop eats it and he's like he's like oh a sweet potato oh whatever and then he's like hey dan like his his cop partner or whatever he's like dan you're looking real good today <laughs> oh man yeah who i mean like, they did it in swamp thing part two the movie as well they had a hallucinogenic scene yeah. in there um don't yeah. watch that movie <laughs> but um, I just want to address that since you brought it up who in the fuck just eats randomly placed sweet potatoes I was just going to say don't that know. I, mean, I, I don't that's know that's really weird placed anything but I mean that's neither here nor there just, and yeah, it was in I a mean, city kids, I mean, kids if you're out there you listening would think. Don't, don't eat strange sweet potatoes I, if I remember bad, correctly okay. they were like they were like, oh, we got to, I don't know, like, check it out and make sure it's okay. But it's like, why would you eat it? Like, send it back to the lab for <laughs> analy- or eat it. analysis okay or whatever. Eat it. Don't eat it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. If I die, call the cops. Find that page and send it to you. Yeah, seriously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking wild. So, speaking of psychedelic trips, this is Harley Quinn number 27, 
the last issue of this creative team and the final chapter of Who Killed Harley Quinn. And you know it is the final issue of the run and the story arc because they go through on the first page all the other story arcs they did and the themes therein, leading us to where we left off in issue 26 with the gang of multiversal Harleys surrounded, uh, surrounding the Harley who laughs or whatever we're calling her with a Ivy, it's Harley who a laughs. poison Ivy from somewhere in the universe, uh, somewhere in the multiverse chained up after a brief discussion about whose Ivy it really is. Hi, Harley who cries, uh, just yells at everybody to shut up and threatens to kill <laughs> Ivy until, uh, Harley prime, Harley Earth Zero Harley, I guess I'll call her. Um, it just says, Prime okay, maybe, like maybe. It. Sorry, Harley Prime. I like it. Yeah, Harley yeah, Prime. Yeah. Prime. Why can't we yeah. have Harley Prime? Harley Prime, why not? Uh, yeah, so Harley Prime decides to maybe go about things a little differently after realizing that, you know, every Harley has an Ivy, but where is this Harley's Ivy? Uh, this Ivy seems to be missing, and this Harley seems to be distraught. Uh, so after a brief discussion about it and convincing Batwoman and Old Woman Harley to go along with the plan, the old Harley who Harley. cries... Yeah, I think that's what they called yeah, her, right? right? Old, old, la old Lady Harley? Oh, did I say Old Woman Harley? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> old Lady Harley. Um, uh jump on board with the plan and then the harley who cries because i think harley who laughs is just kind of weird harley already laughs this version's got to be opposite uh so the harley who cries um decides <laughs> uh to go along with it as well and brings them to her home world thanks to harley freezing time because you know meta commentary and taking the multiversal transporter out of the back pouch of the Harley who cries, uh, taking both of those Harleys plus old lady Harley, uh, to this dark desolate world where they are instantly met with psychotic, demonic, jokerized people, uh, which are apparently the inhabitants of this world. And they have a big brouhaha fight with the three Harleys taking out all the jokerized people or clown people, whatever you want to call them, um, with Harley who cries, chaining people down, very reminiscent of Ghost Rider. A lot of Ghost Rider this week in, in DC Comics. Um, as they try to interrogate uh, one of the clowns that they left conscious uh, to give details as to the whereabouts of this universe's Har uh, Ivy, not Harley, as to this universe's Ivy, but we do not get to see it because apparently the Harley Who Cries is going to be uh, deadly. But apparently the guys spilled the beans anyway. And then they make their way to a dark castle uh, full of spikes because why the hell not? It's 90s Riffic. And then we do not get to see <laughs> the inside because as Harley Prime says, look, we could have shown you the torture, but this you just can't see. We're going to go crazy. Uh, we see people on fire, some guy being thrown out of a window, and then the top floor blowing up as they reach the top, and they open the door to find yet another giant, fat, demonic 
uh, Jokerized person who was instantly uh, wor- uh, ro- roped, I was going to say warped up, roped up by a vine. Uh, and it is none other than this universe's Ivy. The two are reunited and embraced with a kiss as Harley Prime and Old Lady Harley uh, kind of have different <laughs> um, opinions about the situation. But they head on back to the Prime Universe, Earth Zero. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as they, they then send all the other Harleys back to their respective universes, uh, and old lady Harley embraces Harley Prime in a hug as they set, go their separate ways with a tear. And then Harley realizes uh, all the things uh, that she's been trying to find a home. She realizes her home is her. And by her, she means Ivy. And as we see, Mermaid Harley is still around and nobody untied Victor's ass. Because <laughs> fuck Victor's ass, really. He's a psychotic serial killer <laughs> uh, I think it was a really good ending and I know it was an ending because they told me it was an ending like 10 times throughout the issue uh, the meta commentary was a nice touch and wrapped things up succinctly I believe while leaving a door op- door or two open for exploration down the road if anybody wants to pick it up or if Stephanie Phillips just feels like writing more Harley um, I liked it all in all well done that the run had its ups and downs for me, but I think this this final story arc was quite nice, and I think was uh, a a well celebrated run. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed just all the commentary from Harley throughout the issue, even though she just kept like it was kind of annoying how much she kept bringing up it's an ending. Like we get it, it's an ending, but yeah. it was fun. <laughs> it was different. It was breaking the fourth wall to a new degree. And I really liked it. Uh, 8.75 yeah. out of 10. And before you guys continue, I did not do the credits at the beginning. This is written, as I said, by Stephanie Phillips with art from Mateo Lolly and David Baldeon. Colors from Rain Burrito, letters from Andrew Design, and a wonderful cover from John Boy Myers. Yeah, no, I agree with you pretty much in, uh, in every regard. Um, while not a perfect run, and admittedly I kind of dropped out at various points, I think it's probably the I mean, maybe not the best way you could end it, but certainly, um, I don't know, certainly maybe one of the more entertaining ways you could end it, a big kind of multiversal story that wrapped up uh, about as good as, uh, as you could hope for. And I think now's the perfect time to kind of uh, move into a new era of Harley. Um, so I'm excited for the new creative team that's coming on, especially uh, the art from uh, Sweeney Boo. Oh yeah, but, I love uh, nice way to end it, and uh, I mean, oh yeah, no, that should be that should be good. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's uh, just about a, a nice way to end it, and uh, maybe it won't be the most iconic run of Harley in the history of Harley, but you know, it's nice enough, and uh, I think it's a good way to close this chapter. So, I gave this a respectable seven point five out of ten. All right, all right, all right. And well, for me, this is Quinn to Central Harley, uh, and the crazy nice. amount of breaking the fourth wall that happens here is just awesome to me. I loved it. It fully embraces the craziness of Harley, and I dig it, man. Uh, normally, I would complain about how irregular a book is and how details were left out in a massive fashion. However, it was done just right in this book. Uh, 
the art is beyond phenomenal and I can't stress that enough. This is one of my favorite iterations of Harley, the way she is now and the way that she's drawn. Uh, I love this and I want to read more. I am honestly bummed out even though I, uh, I was the one that was behind wanting to dump Harley back when Stephanie Phillips took over but that was largely because of Riley Rosman. This, however, is a total different ballgame, and it gets a very easy 9 out of 10 for me. Right on. Fair enough. Um, yeah, who is it that's taking over next issue? Do we it's, remember? It's uh, Teeny Howard and Sweeney Boo. Oh, right. is it Teeny okay. Howard? Fuck yeah, man. I was sitting yeah, here thinking, who good. would be good with Sweeney Boo? Teeny Howard. Hell yeah. She's going to need a lot of coffee, though, man. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm i more, more reserved. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I think she can be good sometimes and not so good other times. Yeah. We'll see. But, hopefully, uh, anyway. hopefully this is good. Um, bef before we continue, just a, a news drop that uh, has been announced an hour ago. Oh. I know I keep bringing up toys, but if you guys are interested, Josh, I know you might be very interested in this. The next wave that McFarlane is dropping is Nightfall. Oh, are we fuck. not sponsored yeah. McFarlane? Yeah. And they, the first two figures they revealed is Batman with a blue cape and cowl. And the Robin Reborn Tim Drake costume. It looks Ooh, friggin' wait, awesome. Actually, now I have to look that up. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna send this to you right now. This Tim Drake looks yeah. really cool. How are you not sponsored stuff. by McFarlane? You've literally just been doing so I much advertising know. for them. I know. This is, this is just... like when I was pimping out all the Comicsology books. <laughs> I really I should get in contact like hey I, I might really be doing should. business for you guys <laughs> like honestly and and they could yeah. just pay you in action figures you wouldn't complain oh man I would love that hell no yeah fuck give me that last John Stewart I'm missing and I'm happy <laughs> <laughs> oh alright yes Oh, it doesn't it look good? So cool. If if you follow the link, the the photo after it is um, the Batman, which all, it doesn't look as cool as the Robin, but it still looks kind of cool. Which I figure the Ooh, that um, is a beaut. Yeah, and these these waves usually have a build a figure, so I I would assume that we're going to get as bats as well. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just really should have just done a Bane build a figure. That would make sense. Yeah, I think Bane would be the build a figure, and then we're gonna get because there's four yeah. figures in the wave. Because if it's Nightfall, usually. that's I mean, so is this? Oh my God, that Batman is gorgeous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> wow, that was like such a a. Pa I mean, I just like the cowl sculpt is incredible. Yeah. Oh my! God. I mean, you know how much amazing. I love the the yeah the yellow oval suit. So this mm -hmm. is like. Just and it, it comes with a battering oh, too, man. like a like a classic style battering. I like. Oh that. my god! Oh, okay. I yeah. I I have not done figure buying in a while, but I these these Batman and Robins are definitely gonna be pickups because I there need these go. elves. Like that I'm would look so to good help. together. It does. And that's it like my favorite so cool. era of Batman. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I yeah. I'm googling the shit. Oh, out of and, this, and the only I mean, one I okay. This is this is such a. Yeah, this is such a minor detail. 
and I love that they got this, but they have the, if you look at Tim's cape around where his, his neck is, they have like these yellow stripes and that is like to a T exactly how it looks in the comic. That is such a precise detail. That Batman, Batman, oh my god! Oh, I I sent it to it's on their Instagram page in the in in the in our chat, Josh. Um, I see the the Catwoman you're looking at. I don't know if that's oh shit. It probably is part of the same wave. Yeah, release date 2023. So yeah, Catwoman in the purple costume, and that is Azrael Batman will be the last one. But it looks like maybe not a build a figure because they're gold label series which is a shame because oh, okay. yeah, build shame. a figure Bane would be amazing. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I'm looking at the Azrael yeah. one and it is, it's cool. It's comic book accurate uh, oh, and man. it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know what I really <laughs> want? Just this era of Batman. They have, they have, um, they have Batman and Robin obviously. And I'm sure they have an Alfred figure out there somewhere. But what I really want is, he was such a minor character, but he was a part of the 90s Batman era. Do you guys know Harold? He was like the mechanic for the Batmobile. Yes, I do. Hunchback I oh, Batman yeah. Save. I keep forgetting yes. about him. And I, I really, like, just, just to complete that era, I would just love to have a figure of Harold. That'd be cool. It's just me, right? Only Batman cool. and Robin are on the Instagram page? Yeah, yeah, they haven't. Right. I, I'm looking even lower down. I, they haven't posted it on Instagram yet, as far as well, I know. You can find if uh, you can find Catwoman and the Azrael uh, figurine online if you Google it. They look yeah. great too. People are talking about it in the in the comment section, so it's definitely a thing. Oh, here we go. Eight weeks ago is Catwoman, so maybe they did post it because I'm looking at their reels now. Mm-hmm. So, although this isn't the yeah. first time they've done a Catwoman figure of this suit, I think they had one a couple years back. The, the Jim Ballant design. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, let me so see if I can good. find it. Oh, there you go. Yes. So there's uh, some interesting looking figures. Looks so good. I guess I need to come up with five hundred bucks. <laughs> if you pre-order them, because I got my Blue Lantern Kyle from the uh, McFarland store, and it was like forty bucks. All right, well, so if you pre-order well it on the store, Walmart, and it's a hundred dollars. That's Walmart. <laughs> um, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Kyle was a uh, uh, McFarland store exclusive, so maybe that's yeah. the issue. Yeah, I see the Catwoman that oh you're talking God. about. You shared it in Discord. Um, that one looks cool. It does. Yeah, that's um, that's an older one. That's because yeah. um, that that design, that Catwoman suit, is the the Jim Balance suit, and they've done figures. I've seen those before. They've done figures of that design in the past. I think that one's from like 2018 or something. Um, but it's it's not a newer one. I think the McFarlane one honestly looks a little better. But yeah, me too, especially in the abdomen wicked it'll be a perfect yeah love it all right um yeah so that was just a little little interlude with news that i just saw happy you guys sponsored by mcfarland (laughs) god i wish (laughs) 
I would not have space for all the toys they'd pay me for. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely picking yeah. up that Batman and Robin though. That is that is too good. Definitely, it looks amazing. It hurts my eyes. Right. I just for I, any I listeners need out it. there, that I need would it like now. To get me the Nightfall series. I will not be able to afford it, and I would really <laughs> like to have it. So feel free yeah. to donate oh, five hundred dollars at buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to find it on the McFarland store see if there's anything. Apparently, I'm there's just, a I'm going through the DC comments. Versus Vampires Batman gold label. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going through the comments and someone noted that I guess they're doing some of the the Young Justice Four characters, or it seems like they are because they just did Impulse, and now they're doing Robin, and I think they're hoping that they're gonna get a new version of um, either Cassie or Connor. That'd be cool. Which, uh, yeah, I would. That would be very nice. Well, now that we're done snooping around on the internet to try to find these figures. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> get on with our last issue, which, conveniently speaking of Batman, is Detective Comics number 1069. Which, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Detective Comics where Nightfall started? Like, wasn't the first issue of Nightfall in Detective Comics? I do believe so. I think you're right there. So it all comes full circle. And Brandon is going to tell us about this issue. Uh, Yes, I will, hopefully. If you guys can hear me, I don't know. It was cutting out a little bit, but... Yes, this is Detective Comics 1069, Hold Your Laughter, written by Ram V with art from Dexter Soy, <laughs> Stefano Raphael, and uh, Miguel Mendoncha doing the art with, I, I knew you'd like that, with colors from Adriano <laughs> Lucas and letters from Ariana Mar. The ten-eyed man under threat from Two-Face has healed Batman, but not before using his many, many eyes to take a peek behind Batman's proverbial curtain and see some mysteries that are festering under the surface. There are a couple of those that we have seen or we sort of already know, but some which are yet to come, which may reveal the future of Batman uh, that may be sooner than you think. Two-Face, hearing that the Orgum goons are coming for Batman, decides to jet, but not before revealing that he now knows that Batman and Bruce Wayne are one, and basically leaves him with a threat that if you come for him, he will come for you. So it seems that the Two-Face persona, or the Big Bad Horror persona, as I will always call it, has asserted its full dominance, at least in this situation, and is now running the show. Batman is able to escape from Dr. Mead's office uh, and narrowly escape the Orgums before heading over to Jim Gordon's place, where he can hopefully find some solace as the Orkums and their goons reconvene and plan their next steps. Specifically, they're hoping to finally find a way to cut off Gotham from Batman or Batman from Gotham. Either way, just as long as he stops being a nuisance, which currently he really is. Over at GCPD headquarters, Montoya and one of the patrol officers are having a little tete-a-tete about the effectiveness of the organ plans in Gotham, how they've reduced crime, but how it may not necessarily be a good thing. Montoya, of course, arguing against the beat cop offering, the beat cop 
um, going for the Orgums. Momentarily, she contemplates going out in her question persona, but decides against it because she's commissioner and that would be irresponsible. So decides to put out a call to Eric Wells, one of the officers that we met over in GCPD The Blue Wall, and uh, sees if he can come down to his office. Over at Bullock and Gordon's private investigations, Jim and Batman are having a heart-to-heart. Jim really kind of touching on the fact that Bruce is as Josh, I'm sure, is pleased to note, is getting older and is not really sure how much yes. longer he can do this, especially given the fact that his body mm-hmm. is just getting more and more beaten the hell out of. But Maybe. Batman, being as stubborn as he is, does not take Jim's advice and, in typical Batman fashion, leaves Jim talking to himself before he jumps out of the window in a very cool five-panel sequence. He makes his way through the city with Oracle giving a little narration on where he's supposed to be. But before he can take any decisive action and head towards the sewers to uncover the mystery of these ley lines that have popped up under Gotham City, Oracle informs her that she already has a Batgirl on the case, one who is investigating them. And we see exactly what the Orgum goons may actually have in store for the people they've been kidnapping from the Narrows. And we actually get a fun little peek at some old friends of ours. The and I'm I'm forgetting their names. I think they were called the Strays from Romvi's run on Catwoman, yes. who yes. are currently trapped with many of the other people who've been kidnapped with the Narrows. But thankfully, one of those Strays, Shoes, is able to escape and get away to hopefully get some help before she has a rather unfortunate encounter with Solomon Grundy. And that is where our main story ends this week. I'm still super in love with this run. I will admit this issue was a little, I don't want to say disjointed, but it did feel like it was jumping around a lot. And I think that's just because there were three different art teams and three different perspectives. We were going from Bruce, the Orgum family, to Montoya, and it just felt like it was kind of, juggling a lot which doesn't necessarily mean it's bad but it it kind of felt a little disjointed especially since we've really been focusing on the organs and bruce um so that kind of show yeah 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 but it's it's like a it's like an episode where it's jumping back and forth for multiple characters sometimes that can work sometimes not so well this was sort of right in the middle um in terms of art i think all the teams here are pretty good the only problem i had was all of these artists are great in their own right. I just don't think they flow together because they all have very different styles. So you have Miguel Mendoncha. It's like it's a very action style. So does Dexter Soy. But they're different kinds of action. Um, and it, it just it felt like it wasn't very cohesive, at least art-wise, even though each artist you know, killed their respective section. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, kind of a, a jumpy issue and art inconsistencies or, I guess, art cohesion consistency however you want to call it still had a good time with it and still um looking forward to how we're going to progress next i don't know how the hell grundy is going to fit into this narrative but i guess we'll wait and see we've been getting a lot of strange cameos we got the ten-eyed man and um all different uh, kinds of people so who knows how grundy will fit into this but i'm, I'm still interested so i gave this an 8.25 out of 10 it's gonna end on main story Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, would like to point out that Grundy was also part of that Arkham City story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it makes sense. I know that uh, 
well, I don't, I don't have to go into that, but yeah. I, I can understand why Rombi is picking stuff from uh, the Arkham City mini. Order of the Order of the World was a really good book. Mm -hmm. Was I'm glad to see elements get picked up from that. Um, as far as the first part of the book goes, dude. Uh, a lot of people don't dig this about Ram V, but the the poetic narration throughout the first part of the story is something I just can't get over, but in a good way. It is perfect Ram V, and I just gobbled up every second of it. Um, I don't understand a couple of things, such as Jim Gordon not knowing who that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but, um, I mean, that's pretty established at this point, so I guess I'm going to let it go. But I'm, I'm just assuming that this is a result of either Infinite Frontier or somehow it was undone a in a different way. Whatever. Um, I can't hold a faulty memory against a creative team, so I won't. And honestly, the story and the mystery going on in it, it's, um, it's, it's just great if that word even comes close to enough to describe it. Detective Comics is a detective comic again, and I could not be happier about that. I do know... Um, and remember that I said it would be great if Batman wasn't the star of this show, and I still feel that way, but when the detective story is this good, the people involved really don't matter as long as they're done right. Um, or at least who was involved matters a little less. Uh, I didn't mind jumping back and forth with the art, and uh, normally it's jarring, but it's jarring to me if it's all one flat story and like I said uh, before it was almost like reading a, a TV show and um, uh, it reminded me of uh, uh, oh, what the hell is it called um, I hate Kevin or something Kevin can fuck off that's what it was called oh um, yeah Kevin can fuck himself which is yeah. a great show by the <laughs> way fantastic show where the parts where Kevin is at, it's all bright and shiny, and then the parts oh, about yeah, Kevin, yeah. it's, it's like dramatic yeah. and stuff, and that kind of felt like what was going on here. I dug it, man. Um, if I was going to individually score this, I would have given this part an 8.75 out of 10, for sure. Mm, yeah, there's there's definitely some deep stuff going on still. I still have no idea where this is going. Um, Bruce looks like he's not going to make it out of this in one piece. Two-Face knowing what he knows is a very interesting hiccup. Uh, I look forward to seeing where that would go from here. And the thing with Gordon, I, I want to point out, I think it is an established thing that he most likely knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. He's been a detective all his life in, in his own right. There's no way he hasn't figured it out by now. But at the same time, I think yeah. he's also thinking, like, he feels Batman is his own personal hero they have that camaraderie they have that friendship and batman is his idol in a way so even if he does know bruce's identity he's not gonna let that on he's, he's gonna just pretend he doesn't know and just keep that image alive that batman is not Fair a man enough. he is an ideal that everyone should strive towards because i think he even says and i don't remember the exact wording but he does say something along the lines of batman is a myth or something like that and that's why, uh, even though Bruce is basically broken, uh, Batman must live on. So, um, yeah, no, he still, says, like, yeah, says uh, something like that, and he's like, "Batman is a myth, but the man behind the mask 
ass because the man behind the myth is still a man. And yeah. Yeah, that man can also get the shit kicked out of him and potentially die. So, yeah. you know, think about that man occasionally. Yeah. Or, you know, um, like get his back broken and then turn into an action figure. A yes. $100 <laughs> action figure. That we can all be so lucky. Uh, I, Catwoman is 20 bucks though on the McFarland store yeah. if you want Catwoman. <laughs> I want them all. Um, yeah. I want Batman. Um, Robin. I know. Like uh, they're, they're actually they're, boy. <laughs> they're not on the store yet. I think because they just got announced. Well, when they are on the store, up. I want them. Yeah. I'll let you know. You got to pre order like right fast, though. I imagine they'll go mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, and it looks like there might be another announcement later tonight because they said a few more things when they posted the Robin post and then there was just Batman so far. Ooh. So there might be more to come later tonight. I'll keep you guys posted. All right. um, yeah, I think I said yeah, all to say about Nightwing the main story. Be showing up too. Maybe. Oh my God. Which, you know what that means, right? <laughs> Nightwing shows up as part of this set. It's going to be the 90s Nightwing. And I'm not yeah, talking well, like the blue suit with the finger stripes. I'm talking horrible, the gold. horrible design with the gold yeah. and the blue. But I want it so disco bad. Wing. I want it so bad. Yeah. No, not even disco, disco wing. wing. It's like 90s disco No, wing. it's like yeah. post-disco wing, but pre Yeah, it's post-disco wing. Black. Pre, pre-blue stripes. When he had and, that, that and, weird and this is, gold this is flake on his chest. Yeah. This is the best part. This is the part that's going to make you smile from ear to ear. If that happens, <laughs> that also means that they have to do it with a ponytail. And I cannot wait. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, God. You're right. It's oh, going to be right. so terrible, but I need it. I'm going to double check right now that they haven't posted it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, nothing uh, yet, Brandon, but I will let you know, Brandon, if it shows up. Yeah, do yeah. that for both of us, please. Um, Definitely. Yes, yeah, let's uh, move on to our, our backup. Our backup. Yes, our backup for Detective... Our backup. <laughs> I felt left out. Detective Comics, Sign Spurrier, or Sai Spurrier, with art from Casper Weingard. I always love to see with uh, letters from Steve Wands. This is a fairly straightforward one, a short one. But uh, this follows Dr. Annabelle Mead, who we met uh, not too long ago in our Two-Face backups, and sees her in a rather precarious situation, having tried to escape from Gotham City after everything that happened with Two-Face, only to wind up in the clutches of Mr. Freeze. And uh, as Doc says, uh, she thinks she might be cursed. I think she just has the shittiest luck that you could possibly have in all of Gotham City. One of the two. But uh, she is in the clutches of Freeze, who seems to be disassociating from everything that's going on in his life, particularly everything that has happened with Nora. And it's a rather unfortunate time as some of the Asmers choose to attack his underground cave. Mr. Freeze makes quick work of them and continues to ignore Annabelle Mead's advice, but not before doing a little bit of human experimentation on Doc Mead and trying to see if the cold technology that he used to cure Nora really induces madness, which, as we will see, may or may not do so. But uh, Doc Mead gets a little bit of a visitor towards the end that uh, could potentially be related to the madness or could be something else infest- 
thing of the sea. We're not really sure. All we have to go on is that this strange creature that seems to be haunting Doc Mead goes by the name of Earworm. Um, Simon Spurrier and the artist that he's attached to, in this case, Casper Weingart, continue to give me books that I wish I could read outside of a backup, but I can't because I would eat the shit out of a Mr. Freeze, Simon Spurrier, Casper Weingart book. That would be absolutely incredible. But I guess we'll just have to settle for this now. Honestly, they should check a G book or something like that and just have him do a bunch of Gotham villains. It's total fan service, but I would not be opposed to it. But anyway, no, this this continues to be an incredible series of backups, and uh, I was very pleased with uh, the story and the art for this. Um, and uh, I don't I don't even know where the story is going to go, but I'm I'm all in. So uh, looking forward to that. But this one got an eight point five out of ten for me. And in, in the second part of the story, where we're at right now, Mr. Freeze, he's in there with Annabelle Mead walking around, talking to his dictation recorder. Um, he says that where they are is at minus 459.67 degrees. How is Annabelle Mead even still alive? Not a popsicle? Yeah, I thought right. about that I mean, too. So it's like explained away in one bubble. And, you know, Spurrier, this isn't typical of him, but... Um, the only thing I can think of is the way that uh, Freeze says that when things are this cold, the rules of reality are unwritten. It's a bit of a stretch for me. It's it's a hell of a hard pill to swallow. Um, Freeze is definitely living in denial, thinking that it was the cryogenic chamber that he kept Nora in that caused brain damage. Um, nah, man, she just got fucking sick of your shit. I mean, she flat out told you she <laughs> yeah. doesn't love you anymore, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have no idea what the hell Earworm is supposed to be, like um, evil in the music or something, but he looks cool as shit, and I do want to know more. Uh, the I would have given the backup. Um, it's short. That That science thing was a little weird. Uh, but I would have given the backup an eight. The the art in both parts of this book, I really, really enjoyed. The second part is interesting, but I'll have to see more of that before I can say, you know, before I can say that it's great. It's just starting, so let's see where it goes. It's still really enjoyable in both sections, and of course I am looking forward to more. So um, I'm going to give the whole book an 8.25 out of 10. Right on. Uh, I found the backup very interesting. I would love to see more about that. I am curious if Mr. Freeze is going to be the focus going forward or if it's going to be the good doctor psychiatrist whose name escapes me uh, dealing with the earworm Dr. Mead, right? Uh, that was kind of on the fence for me. Uh, I, I see what you're talking about with the temperature thing, though, but I was when I was reading that, I took it as he was just talking about absolute zero and that when he freezes somebody like she was frozen later that's the temperature that that would get to not necessarily the temperature in the room at the time but that's the temperature that she would need to be at in order to reach that cryogenic stasis okay it's just, just like scientific jargon yeah loose comic science you know um 12 yeah. parsecs and all 
<laughs> so I don't remember. I don't specifically my remember myself like the actual temperature for absolute zero, but I think that was pretty close to it. If that's not like the absolute zero, so yeah. Who knows? <laughs> As he said, comic book science is it's not all real. Um, yeah, all in all, for the full issue, I gave an eight point seven five out of ten. Definitely a satisfying read. For sure, man. For sure. Mm -hmm. Have we all given scores and reviews? I the whole book? do believe so. Or was the leftover? Okay, so yeah, we are now going to go into our top three books of the week and favorite moment if you had one. Brandon, you want to set us off? My pleasure. At number three, I have Stargirl the Lost children and i have detective comics in at number one to no surprise i'm sure action comics 1052 still just really loving this book and uh just kind of along for the ride and waiting to see where it all heads towards um but uh my favorite moment of this week i mean uh, there were so many great panels and and moments in action comics but the small little exchange between um, between Keenan and Connor, where, um, you know, Connor is kind of, he feels like his pride has been wounded after he got his ass handed to him by Metallo, and um, Clark is checking in, and uh, Keenan just, like, snickers in the corner, and he's like, hey, I could take him anytime. And it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. So that was my favorite moment. Hey, Josh, hey, toi. Uh, I am going to go with uh, number three. I am going to give to Batman versus Robin. I thought that was really good. Number two, Harley Quinn. I fucking loved it so much. And number one, Undisputable, just keeps on being solid platinum or something, chromium, I don't know, some rare fucking metal from a meteorite. It's that good action comics and uh my favorite moment is it's in harley and it's part of harley's narrative in the beginning of the book that says point is endings aren't that hard as long as you don't suddenly undo years of character development or murder a ton of people with a dragon or spend years leading up to a big reveal only to give the audience no answers about a mysterious island all the characters have been trapped on uh Holy shit, I feel like <laughs> Stephanie Phillips listens to me on this podcast. <laughs> At least we share the same opinion. Um, while a lot of people might not like that little slam against other writers in D.C., I could not agree more. Plus, that little slam was pretty funny to read. <laughs> um, I fucking loved it. and That one took away my favorite moment this week. I, th I thought that was a slam on Lost. Yeah. Like the TV uh, show. I think it's more than just that. At least I'm seeing a slam here against, I'm going to say, as uh, long as you don't well, was... years of character development, anybody that's written Batman, but specifically uh, Tynan, murder a ton of people <laughs> with a dragon, Tom Taylor, spend years leading up to a big reveal only to give the audience <laughs> no answers. Uh, that would be both... Um, that would be William. <laughs> that could be a lot of people. 
That would be a little bit. I don't. I again, I was taking yeah, it differently. I was thinking Nick she, Spencer on Spider Man. Oh God. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Years building up Kindred yeah. to literally have it be absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, I I have not read any Spider Man since Dark Web ended, and I don't know if I'll continue. Yeah. Uh, no, I was I was taking it differently again because she was talking about TV. So like the thing with the dragons and character development, I thought that was uh, Game of Thrones, and then the thing with the island. I, th- yeah. I thought that was lost. That's how I took it anyway. Yeah, I thought you were talking you, lost too. I, I was thinking before I thought about that. I was like, oh, they're talking about writers too. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. Um, I prefer my version because it gives me validation. And it makes <laughs> me feel like somebody out there shares the same hmm. as, same opinion as I do. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Honestly, it could go either be way. Lonely man. Could be both. <laughs> could be a double double edged sword. Um, as for my top three, though, number three, I had Harley Quinn. Number two, I had Detective Comics. And number one, I had Stargirl, The Lost Children. Sleeper hit of the week for me. And favorite moments still, honestly, was seeing Metalo getting punched into space with a vengeance. I thought that was pretty cool. Superman, just, he's not fucking around. Okay, now you're gone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah. See ya. Uh, so that is our favorite moments. Now it's time for your favorite moments. It is the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Or at least this one's gonna be. Yeah. Do we all have the same one? But te- uh, well, I mean, I reached book. out from uh, the honorable mentions. Yeah, um, me too. I'm gonna have to give it to Turd Drake Robin. Hands down. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. I was well, I didn't that, that last page. I was happy to see that last page. It's a new era for Tim Drake. It damn well better be. I assume if I would. Is Fitzmartin still writing? Yep. Then it ain't gonna be any yeah. goddamn good. New artist, though. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I just don't understand how this book is last of the six issues yeah. I, don't, I don't get it I don't get it she's not makes me a angry. single good issue of Tim Drake yeah not even in what was it uh, 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 Urban Legends where all this shit kicked off right I still didn't mind that story yeah. but that's the well, only time I enjoyed it <laughs> that yeah, was the I went back and reread end. that it's not bad but yeah it's yeah, not great. It's, it's definitely not bad. nothing special. Yeah. She no. turned Tim Drake into it Turd Drake. Really started to start everything else. Uh, well, Brandy, you, you did cut out a bit. I just wanted to be sure Tim Drake was your biggest stinker to you. I think this was me. Yes. Okay. Right on. Yeah. That's a damn shame. Hopefully it gets better. Uh, but for now, that is our show. So remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Not a Robot Comics. Subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Sammy Zane for WrestleMania. Until next time. <laughs> be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Man, um, holy shit. I need these McFarlane figures. I need these McFarlane figures so <laughs> fucking bad. No, 
I need oh, I God. literally need that Batman and Robin in my collection so fucking bad it hurts. It looks really cool. I need all check four of those. I need all four of those and if Night it Nightwing has to be the next figure. It wouldn't Night Nightwing oh, I so hope it is. Big and that's that's I, I really need a terrible one. Another one. It's just yeah. they when they post so they're doing their winter showcase right now and this is the final day. And then they did they did like some anime figures and they did their spawn figures today. This is day three. And then they said, Oh wait, a few more things. First look at Tim Drake as Robin two hours ago. And then one hour ago they did yeah. the first look at Batman. And that's only two. Last I checked, a few was three, so don't quote me. I don't know for sure that another one's coming, but like it definitely sounds <sighs> like it. Yeah. I hope I so hope it is. Mm-hmm. And they, like I said, they usually do these wave, these figures in waves of four. And Asbats was only was the only gold label, so they do a wave, a f- four figure wave plus a gold label. So the gold label would be separate. Yeah. So if Catwoman is part of it, then there's definitely one, more, at least one more. Yeah. No, I desperately need a terrible '90s Nightwing action figure in my collection. That would be. That's the awesome. one thing I need <laughs> more than anything else. Mm. It always reminded me of like Judge Dredd's outfit, his costume. Yeah. Yeah, just missing the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll let you know if it pops up. Ooh, man. There's a Dick obviously also has it where he just has like the full mullet. Like it's not tied up or anything. And I honestly mm. don't know which one I want. I, I would say the ponytail because it looks worse. But I wouldn't say no to the mullet either. So McFarlane, I know no, you want this event. No. Just, uh, just put it out there in the world. It's Hopefully it's not. it is the mullet. It's it's uh it's parted on the side and his hair is super duper long. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. I mean he's got to be in it. I mean Nightwing takes over as Batman in this book. So he's got to be a part of it. I'll be disappointed. I mean that's the thing yeah. that that Batman cost that Batman figure could technically be Dick Grayson, you know. <laughs> That's true, because he does just wear the yeah, he just wears the classic suit in Prodigal. Yeah, they haven't really said that it's Bruce. They just said Batman yeah. from Nightfall. Although, well, that no, that that could technically be John Paul Valley too, because I mean, well, they oh, put yeah, out the Asbat, but you know, for a little while when they were trying to pretend that John Paul was Bruce, they just had him wear the classic suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it didn't take long before he started breaking out into. Uh... Did you call it Asbat? <laughs> yeah, I think that was, I don't know if that's the name that fans were giving him in the '90s, but that's the name that fans were giving him during that Detective Comics run in 2016. Uh, okay. Yeah. Asbats. As. Oh, even on. on-